<laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Powerless to Powerful Recovery Podcast. My name is Jason. I'm an alcoholic and addict. As always, our mission is to share experience, strength, and hope across multiple media platforms, the story of addiction and the road to recovery. We're not affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous or any other 12-step-based organizations or groups in any way. But here we are on, I mean, we got another episode and we yes. got a, I mean, we got, I got two New Yorkers in the room. Shit hey. might get weird tonight. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, for sure. Well, actually three New York, I mean, well, you're a New Yorker by proxy. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean? true. I mean, that's true. We got three New Yorkers. There's no telling what's going to happen today. My co-host Ronnie, no matter what's here and obviously, and uh, our special guest, we got Teresa D the in the The one and only. Uh, Oh, I mean, Thank with you. the super hey. lashes on. I mean, my wife would love those lashes. Right? They're the drama lashes. Oh, man, you got them lashes. <laughs> you know, anytime anyone ever comes on the show, I think it's always important to understand, like, you know, how we got here. And, and so it's the first time that I'm meeting you. And I mean, I heard you have 16 years of recovery. That's all I need to know. And you also said that you're a big book thumper. And mm. yeah, that means you're speaking be. my language. Yes. 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 But uh, Ron, how did you meet Teresa? Well, Teresa, uh, Teresa is another one of those women in the program. When I got out of prison two years ago and got introduced uh, to this whole CMA thing going on, that whole circle of people. Um, matter of fact, the first time we met was at Faith Over Fear. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember I had my Yankees jersey on. I, I know got you NY did. Tattoo, <laughs> and she made some kind of comment. Well, you from New York? <laughs> and right away, as soon as she started talking, I thought, oh, man, it's- Puerto Rican girl from yeah. New York and right she, here. And she, and, she told, and she also told you she's a Mets fan, right? Yeah. No, no. No, I am not. I'm from I the know, Bronx. I no. know. I know. I was only kidding. So, but most of my family is Mets fans, believe it or not. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That so, wild. Uh, again, like, uh, like I've talked about before with the women I've met in CMA, my friends. <clears throat> excuse me. She's another one of those powerhouses that at all the events... Service, service, service on the, on the different committees, organizing, uh, telling people what to do. That's what she, yeah, I mean, that comes with it. Right. I mean, that comes with it. So um, I just, uh, I see the little army she runs around with. Well, it's not a little army. It's a pretty big army of strong, powerful women in this program doing the deal. So I have a lot of respect for Teresa. Well, Teresa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. You know, and every journey starts somewhere, though. So let's get into your story today. We're going to talk about, you know, what it was like and how we got to be here today, 16 years. I mean, you know, the odds of recovery aren't very good and anything over four years. I mean, in my opinion, any day that an addict can stay sober is a freaking miracle, but 16 years, I mean, I don't even know if there's a word to describe that. I mean, I think that's something that all three, well, both of us are striving to achieve is just long-term lasting sobriety like that. So you were born in New York and you grew up in the Bronx. So why don't you take a moment just to kind of share like what it was like growing up, family dynamic. Um, I, you know, we talked a little bit before the episode, you know, mom bounced, abandonment issues that come in, abuse, trauma and everything that's there. So why don't you take a moment just to share about that? All right. So uh, I grew up born and raised in, in the Bronx, New York. And my I had, you know, both my parents were there until I was about eight years old. And my mom was, you know, she was really young when she had me. And so she was, when I was born, I was really a a beautiful little baby. And my dad, you know, back when I was, in the years that I was born, I'm not going to give my age away. I mean, you're not going to do it. You're not doing it. But in those days, 
Uh, if a guy got a girl pregnant, they got married, right? So my yeah. dad didn't really mm, love my mom, you know old what school. I mean? Um, so, but then when I came, he fell in love with his daughter, and, and he fell in love with me, and my mom was jealous of that. Mm. And so she just really took out a lot of um, pent-up frustration with my dad out on me, and, you know, she's... Puerto Rican, so she's Uh-oh. Got, yeah, oh, <laughs> she got go. the fire. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing about uh, about Puerto Ricans, dude. One time I, I flew into New York and I had some. My cousin lived in Manhattan, right? He actually lived in Scarsdale, so they got money, and then he had, they had a, a little condo in Manhattan. So when my aunt. Uh, would go shopping. She didn't want to take that 40-minute drive to Scarsdale, so she would stay in this this little condo. So I went to meet him in the city, and it was the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Mm. <laughs> I was like, yeah. holy Miente. shit, what the hell is going on down here? It, it was... That's hot. I was, yeah, I was younger, I was, and it was like, hold up. You know what I mean? Hey, right? Hold up. <laughs> but when your mom leaves at such a young age, yeah. I mean, what, what did that do to you, you know? You know, <clears throat> the... Uh, <clears throat> the abuse part was, you know, in, in my eyes as a child was, I was getting attention, so it didn't matter. It was love at that in at that time, and then when I was eight years old is when she left. So my my concept of love and and you know is is your parents. Your parents are God when you're little, and so the abuse was okay because at least they were she was there. So, but when she left, the pain of her leaving was more excruciating than the abuse part. So my relationships and my future relationships were built on. Hey, treat me any way you want to. Just don't leave because the abandonment was worse. Yeah. Yeah. The abandonment was worse. We've talked about that, Ron, you know, and we teach group on it actually all the time because from, if you suffer abandonment as a child, there's like 15 characteristics that you will exhibit as an adult. And and some you would think, you know, wouldn't be associated with abandonment, but they are like having trouble finishing projects or making commitments or trusting the wrong people, which we've all done. There's so many of them from that one thing but we're talking about you know trauma and that really just is is a theme in all of our lives at some point right. um and so you started using that at a pretty damn young age and I, I, I mean when we talked before the show i mean you said nine or ten years old you're yeah. smoking weed shit my daughter's 11 I and know. i always I related know. to that yes. and I, yeah. I think like holy so when we have guests on the show and they start young like that i'm always thinking like damn i'm like trying to picture my daughter smoking Can a joint imagine? It's crazy, right. but what was that like? How does that happen? You know, I I, I think growing up in New York, you, you, everything is moving so fast. You you grow up fast there. That that's number one. Number two, I happen to be in a, in a neighborhood where, I mean, I I really was the the black sheep of the neighborhood. You know what I mean? I I started just acting out and and uh, and hang. I remember I was I was on the school bus coming from junior high school, or elementary school actually. And this little girl um, said to me, "Hey, you want you want to?" And I thought she was offering me a cigarette. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll smoke yeah, a cigarette. Yeah, Why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And she was like, "No, it's it's I don't know what what, what does she call it a weed? I don't know what she called it back then. It was like I said, it's a long time. I'm not even my age. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what my dad calls weed? He calls it ganja." The ganja. ganja. Yeah, okay. And we, had, that? we had a turtle that just showed up <laughs> in our backyard. Shout out, Pops. Uh, uh. And we had it. They're in Brazil right now. I know. They're in Brazil. Wow, I want to go. And my brother broke up with his girl in the in in the midst of the second day of their trip. So when they when I pick them up from the airport, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna find <laughs> out that my brother moved back in. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's gonna be fun. Um. But we had a turtle that just showed up, and we had it for like ten years. Mm-hmm. This turtle, my dad named it Ganja. Ganja, sure. That tells you about just your a dad. fun fact. <laughs> just a fun fact. Well, anyway, so this little girl offers me a joint, and I I got was really scared and freaked out i was like but i'll do it and i did it and that was the beginning
beginning of the end. Like I was about eight, nine or 10 years old when I did that. And then, uh, you know, just, I started to hang out with the people that were doing that. And so that became pills and, you know, you know, per, you know, pills back in the day were, were a little bit different than they are now. And sure. just a lot yeah, of different uh, stuff. They were yeah, good, they're good different. Stuff. Yeah. They're really good stuff. Ron, how old were you when you first started smoking weed? I, I smoked weed for the first time. I was 13, 14. Yeah, right around yeah, 13 or 14. It was like eighth grade. It was like eighth grade. You know, we, you know we had, I had a big big bag of that upstate New York ditch mm-hmm. weed. Oh, ditch that weed. Bammer? Derby, yeah. Derby, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the stuff, yeah. harsh. And, yeah. You got to put it in an album cover to get the seeds yeah. out. Yeah. We smoked this <laughs> That's whole we all big grew up bag. On. Right. I mean, you I'm know. 40, so I mean, okay, I so get I'm, it. All right, yeah. so I'm not too old. <laughs> I'm not telling you. <laughs> For all the listeners out there, why don't you shoot a message and we'll see if you can guess her age. That's she looks right. great, and we're not going to give it away. Um, <laughs> but but just like everything, right, in, in our, you know, we're all big book thumpers, straight up, yes. respect. And, you know, know, when we look at it, our disease is progressive. It gets worse, never better, and left right. untreated, it causes death, right? right? And your story is just a great des- description of it, especially as we get later on of what happens, because right. it gets worse, like I said, never better. And so from the pills and the weed leads to 11, you know, 12 years old, and now we're, we're hanging out in the bar. Yeah. I mean, you grew up in... What kind of neighborhood did you grow up in? I grew up in an Irish-Italian neighborhood. Shout out to all the yeah, paisans out there. You, there you know go. what it is. Beeps, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, and the neighborhood in New York City back in the day, they the neighborhood raised everybody else's kids. You know, we were all latchkey kids. Um, we went to our, so. you know, our, 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 some the neighbors feed fed us. The other neighbors we did homework at. Mm. And then we came home and our parents got off of work at 7 o'clock at night. Mm. So I was raised by the neighborhood. So by the time I was, uh, you know, tall and a little bit developed and I was old enough and they looked cute enough, they were like, sure, you can come in the bar, the neighborhood bar. They all knew I was underage, but they let me in. And how old was this? 12, 13 years old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so I can was, you imagine? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine no, Bella yeah, going to the bar? No. no. Uh, I know. Well, I, I see yeah. little girls that I, when my niece was those ages, I, I, I you I think co- about it, right? I can't comprehend. Like, Holy. I can't. Co- it's it's heart wrenching. It's really yeah. heartbreaking, actually, mm-hmm. to think it, about that. Not. I'm. I'm not trying to co-sign any of what happened back then, mm-hmm. but it was a different time back then it was too. A different time. Sure. Different time. Everybody it was the viewed 80s. The, I'll give you that much. That's all I'm giving you. Right. They viewed the world different. You know, Absolutely. people saw things differently. Yes. Um, and I don't think the world was ready for the horrific consequences that came no. from that because no some way. horrific consequences oh, yeah. came from that period of time. Yes. Yeah. There's no doubt That's about that. Was, yeah. For Do you sure. remember the name of the bar? The Off Broadway. Off Broadway. Right Shout across, out! It was right across the street from the from the police station. <laughs> you know that's and I bet right. They had warm beer out of the tap. Off Broadway, yeah. God, warm it was beer a, out of the it tap. Was a good time. And so, yeah, I mean, and so that's the thing, right? And so it was fun. And so our disease, right, centers in our mind, right? Then we get the physical reaction called craving. And every time this thinking problem tells me that it's okay, my mind, my mind tells me that I can go back to when it was fun for me. Shout out 1997. That was fun. I had a fucking good time, bro. (laughs) All right. You were the man. The man, right? I tried to, and I've been trying to relive 1997 until I got sober five years ago right so it's like you know but i've collected evidence and data that shows me that i can't ever get back to that time period because it's elusive and i'm always trying to get there what do you tell your mom you were doing research yeah well now i tell my mom i was building a resume this whole time 
still not funny. She still doesn't think it's funny. But there was like, but mom's heart wrenched. We're breaking mom's heart constantly. I got a sweet little Italian mom. She wrote out every bit of everything. Shout out to all the moms out there. Moms out there for putting up with us. But when when we spoke before the show, there's like one defining moment that you remember, and and can you share that where you know you're at the bar, you're in the bathroom, that like defining moment that changed everything for you. Yeah, there was a couple of girls in a stall by themselves. And I was in the bathroom putting some lip gloss on. And uh, I remember hearing them whisper and giggling in there. I'm like, what are they doing in there? So I just waited for them to come out. And when they came out, they looked at me, you know, checked me out. They opened up a dollar bill, put some white powder. After they dried the sink, they put it down, made three little lines. One girl leaned over, sniffed one line. The second girl said the second line. Then they looked to me and they, they offered me the third line, you know, back in the 80s when people shared drugs. <laughs> And uh, I just leaned over and I did it. I didn't ask what it was. I didn't care what it was. All I would know is I wanted to have what they had. I wanted to do what they were doing because they were cool girls. And so I did it, and that was cocaine. And um, and my life changed from from that day on, that day forward. I wanted more of that, and that was it. Mm. More, more, We like the effects produced. Yeah, sure right? do. Absolutely. The book talks about it, but we like the effects produced. Absolutely. I and don't, yeah, yeah. And yeah. don't get it twisted. I like the effects produced by all drugs right here, sure. right now. Right that right that now. still has not changed, but I like, Absolutely. I like the effect. Uh, yes, I exactly. Right. I like the effects produced by God far greater yes. than any effect produced yes. by any drug. It oh, doesn't have so consequences. It has legs on it, yeah, right? It has legs on it. We, just like the book says, we become spiritually intoxicated in the family afterward where it talks about that. So my goal is to understand how I experience spirituality, right? Prayer, meditation physical fitness being sure. present in the relationships in my life sports so now i know how to experience god so now i introduce those things into my lifestyle so every time i do them i do a big old hit of god right yes. and right. that and that's what yes. we're all driving for and so from that defining moment what happens so the next night I go back to the bar and all the reasons why I went to the bar the past few months prior to it meant nothing. The cute boys, the girls who I aspired to be like, <clears throat> the dance floor, the loud music, the dartboard, you know what I mean? Dart playing board. Pool, the dartboard, mm-hmm. shout out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I beelined it right for the bathroom. And this is my first experience of being stuck in a bathroom, right? I stayed okay. there for about four hours waiting for those girls to come back. And I realized- I'm not going to miss them. I'm not going to miss them. <laughs> and I, I remember looking out uh, into the onto the dance floor through this window in, in the bathroom uh, door there. And I remember thinking, why would you be out there dancing and playing pool and all that stuff when you could be in here where that white powder is? Mm. And so I soon very quickly realized that people in that place were not getting loaded the way I wanted to get high. I wanted to, I wanted more of that. I wanted a lot of it. And so I migrated down to the South Bronx and stayed there. And so when you talk about migrating down to the South Bronx, right? I'm, you know, I'm just, I've never, I've been to the Bronx, but I don't know it like that. It's so another I'm, world. Like so Phoenix. I'm assuming, like yeah. So I'm <laughs> yeah. assuming you went to the hood, right? Went to the hood. Went Absolutely. to the slope. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's you, right. Gotcha. Got, that's yeah, that's it. all that's you it. need to say, that's brother. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and so yes. what, so we, we talk about being in a downward spiral at that point, right? right. So can you just describe like what that time period was and, you know, what a downward spiral meant to you? Yeah, so I, I, I end up going to 182nd Street and Creston Avenue, and I get off the, the bus, and I get, go into this neighborhood, and the first thing I see is this girl standing by a, a mailbox, and she's doing, she's in the Matrix, right? She's strung out on heroin. She's got black track marks on her arm, and she's just, like, dancing and floating, and I'm thinking, I want that. What a free spirit she is. Yes, <laughs> I want to be just How like you when I grow up. Yes, teach me all you know. Teach me your powers. And she did. And she did, and she <laughs> took me under her wing, and um, 
the thing is, is I was too young to be out there. You know what I mean? So I ended up in a, in a shooting gallery one night and this guy said from the other side, just picture it. This guy, this dingy, dirty shooting gallery, junkies all over the place, having sex, sleeping, going to the bathroom and everybody's doing drugs, right? Having a good time. And this guy, this dope fiend on the other side of the, of the room was like, little girl, what are you doing here? This path- you're pathetic. Get out of here. You have no money. You have no hustle. Get lost. And I remember thinking, how dare you? Talk to me like that. You know what I mean? I'm going home because I was homeless by choice at this point. I was out there just getting loaded and not going home, even though I had a home to go to. So I remember thinking on the way, but I said, when he talked to me that way, I thought I was appalled. So I got on the bus and I'm all the way home. I go to myself in my brain, in my addiction brain. I said, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to stay sober this time. I'm going to listen to my parents. I'm going to keep my room clean. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to be a good girl. I make all these decisions that I am done. And I mean it with every fiber of my being, like the big book talks about. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you and you really meant and it. I did mean you, it. Yeah, hell in yeah, that you moment, did. I meant yeah, it. no doubt. And then I get home, and I wake up three days later, and I have a built-in forgetter. I have the ultimate yeah. bullshitter. I have the biggest, yes. you know, the, the big con artist the, the in my built-in head. Built-in forgetter. Built-in yes. forgetter that tells me it's going to be different this time. Just don't go to that neighborhood. Stay away from that guy. That was the go problem. Go two blocks over. Don't do it three days in a row. Don't sniff it. Just mm. don't shoot it. This needle's the problem. You know what I mean? So it just, you start to negotiate with yourself, the great negotiator, and uh, it's a big fat liar. And I end up, you know, just spiraling into the abyss very quickly. Homelessness, prostitution, um, you know, getting arrested, psychiatric wards, detoxes over and over again, trying to get help, uh, therapeutic communities, which are like long-term places that try to like beat addiction out of you, basically make you wear signs and shave your head and clean and grout with, you know, toothbrushes until you can not be an addict anymore. And they can build you up into like a Christian or something. And, you know, like the Marines. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like the Marines. <laughs> yeah. They break you down, build you up yes, over there. Yes. I've, yes. I've, I've been to You the guys same, actually went to the same one. Same shout out shout out Phoenix Home. Phoenix, Phoenix House. Phoenix House. And, and Samaritan Village. It's weird name. Yeah. Okay. Weird. The name. Oh, isn't okay. that weird? It's, it's Phoenix House. Isn't that strange? Interesting. Yeah. So I got a question though. So I'm just curious, right? So <laughs> being that, I mean, you're, you're, you're beautiful. You're pretty. Okay, you. at your age, uh, still okay. All right, <laughs> and so I just assume that when you were young, you didn't look your age, and you were pretty, and now yes. you're a prostitute on the streets of New York, in yes. the city, in the Bronx. Yes. I mean, how scary was that? It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't because I didn't understand what was happening. I was too young to know right. what was happening, and I had an old biker dude that said, "Listen." We need to make some money, and I have a good idea. I'm like, what's the idea? I'm like, I just want to get high now. I don't yeah. care. I just want, what's the solution? Solution is just stand over there, wait till a guy drives by, and get into a car, and just tell him you want 20 bucks, and, you know, do yeah, what you do, yeah. do, do your thing. And I was, so the first time I did, I was scared. But yeah. then when I got 20 bucks, yeah, I was like, like oh, that was just, easy, 20 yeah, bucks. Yeah, well, too easy. And we're going to get high. Yeah. We're going to get high very quickly. And so that, that just became my hustle, and I ended up, um, you know, the sex industry was my hustle, and yeah. on every level, yeah. you know, when, I, yeah. when I'm getting high, that's what I do. Yeah, no, I do, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I get that. So what I heard, right, what I heard when you said that, and it, it hit me hard, when you asked, were you scared, and you said, no, I just didn't know. We can't tell the truth from the faults. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? yes. This is the only normal. Oh, yeah. feels normal to me. It's only normal. That just begins to be normal every day. It's just it. It's just right. what I do. I jump in and out of cars. Right. I do this. They give me 20 bucks. I go yeah. get high, and yeah. I do it again. It's, a jo- it's my job. Yeah. This is what I do. Yeah. And we just repeat yeah. it over and over, yes. and we get caught in that cycle of a spree, yeah. of right? Abyss. It's an abyss. Yeah, obsession, desire, relapse, remorse, yes. repeat, yeah. repeat, yes. repeat, 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 and we, we're just like a Absolutely. hamster in a wheel every day, every every single day. Well, how old were you during this? 
I'm, I'm like 13, 14 years old at this time. It's crazy, it's right? Just, it's just, right. it's heart wrenching. I mean, it's New so York's hard. a hard place, yeah. it's a place. dude. Yeah, I mean, that's why. That's why I asked the question because yeah, I just trying to picture it in my mind as I do when every time you know anyone speaks or I hear a story, like yeah. I try to envision it and and feel it right. And so it's like, damn. You know, and, and, you know, the consequences always come. And how many times were you arrested during that period of time? I, I can't even remember. Too many to I count. I can't remember. Yeah. They would just swoop up the girls in the street right. every few weeks and say, okay, it's your turn. It's your turn to run through the system, Teresa. And I would just go through. Have you ever yeah. seen how, how they used to do that back in the day in New York? They'd, they would come with. Yeah, they do sweeps. Yeah. They come with these big uh, paddy wagons, yeah. mm-hmm. big yeah. box trucks. Yeah. And they would just come and just scoop the girls up. And they were. And we, 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 we'd get out within a couple of days. We'd go right, right through sister a couple of days and just get the charge on our record. But Eat a couple sandwiches. Yes. Drink yeah. some like they were they were yeah, doing us a, a favor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nap in yeah. a shower. Yeah, a shower and a yes, nap. Yes, yes. A couple sandwiches. Go to the restroom. But, oh but as we continue, I mean, so we're talking about a time period, a real hard time period. You're, you're on the streets. You're homeless. You're in a psych ward. You're hustling right. all day long. Right. You're strung out. I mean, that's uh, a hard, yes. hard life, yes. right? You know, just like it talks about, you know, in the big book where, you know, it, we're like, it does, it has, my point is, is it has a lot of shipwreck analogies, right? Right. Yes. And especially in a vision for you, there's a, there's like mm-hmm. about four or five different ones, but you know, because in our addiction, we're like members of a shipwreck where we're just stranded out in the ocean, right? right. We don't have the fellowship to help us survive, right? And so every day is a struggle to keep our head above water. Yes. We're fucking tired, dude. We're tired. You know what I mean? Tired and, and cold. <laughs> cold. Hell yeah, Dirty. right? Yes. And so the consequences, though, continue to become greater, right? And so at 17 and a half years old, turning 18, you catch a couple charges, right? Just a couple. You think? <laughs> so why don't you talk about what ends, how this kind of ends for a period of time? Oh my god! So at like seventeen and a half years old, I end up. Um, so I, I I stole a gun from a, from a coke dealer, and uh, and I, so me and my my boyfriend at the time go out and we start doing stick ups. We start doing after hours, which are bars that open up after four o'clock in the morning. They're all illegal stuff going on. They're drug selling in there. They're, they're gambling in there, doing all sorts of stuff. They're like, cause the bars only close for like two hours in New York, right? right? Yeah. When they're closed, <laughs> the after hours are open. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so we would go in there we'd, we'd rip, you know, we'd, we just was, it was violent. So we'd go into, into these after hours and then we started to do gypsy cabs, which are cabs that are illegal cabs. And, uh, so they can't run. report it cause so they're illegal. Yes. Yeah, so uh-huh. That's what I thought. And, um, Allegedly. Right, right. So then I get picked up and I end up, uh, get, when it was all said and done, I had uh, 64 counts of robbery Ooh, in the first degree. That between ain't good. Bronx and Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. So I did, I had, so so 18, I did. So 18, so they charge you as an adult then? Yes, well, I got arrested 8888. Eight eight eighty eight. Okay, so you got it. There's my age. You gave it away. You said you weren't going to figure it out now. Yeah, said you were. said you weren't going to do it. I know it's too late. But it's all right. And so I'm alive. You're young. You're in. You know. You're in. Now you're looking at prison time, right? Right. And so what what happens during that time period when you get arrested with all those charges? Well, I'm in New Jersey originally, and then I end up getting uh, the, the Jersey charges were possession of the gun and, you know, all this other stuff. And they said, listen, if you waive your extradition from New Jersey, char- Jersey charges, we'll just drop everything because you got so much against you in New York. You're, you just go. So I ended up going back to New York. I was on Rikers Island for about a year, a year and a half, two years. Ooh, that's a hard place. Rikers too. Island is no 
joke. And the thing is, is when I went on to Rikers Island, it was just the beginning of the influx of crack hitting New York City. So when I first got on there, there was like old dope fiends. Everybody was cool. Everybody knew their place and their, you know, yeah. and, and then all of a sudden in 1989, this influx of crackheads just poured swooped. in. Oh my God. There was thousands. That's, oh, Ron. And and it shout, was out. <laughs> shout out to all the crackheads out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you were a drug addict in Whoa. New York at that time, early, late 80s, early 90s, yes. you smoked crack. Smoked crack, and the crackheads yeah. came and hit hit Rikers Island like like banshees. Mm-hmm. And these chicks were off the chain. It was violent and scary, and, and the cops were bringing drugs, and it was just a, crazy. Yeah. Rikers Island is crazy. Um, and then I ended up going up to prison. Um, and then I, I remember when I first got into the prison, into I uh, went up to Bedford Hills, which is intake How and much also time did maximum. You get? I got almost six. I did almost six years, like five and. So three they quarters. give you they give you like ten or eleven, and then they, you do fifty percent out no, there. No, I, I I I got. Uh, I got because the, they the do time, different type of sensing out there. Yeah. Paper, They're like right? five to paper. 10 you get. Yes, you know? exactly. Exactly. So when I came out, I had 10 years left on paper. Okay. okay. All right. I get it. Yeah. Um, but I have to include the time I was in Jersey. So that has to be included. That's why it was longer than the sentence that I got. Okay. Um, but anyway, so I get up to Bedford Hills, which is, uh, intake and also maximum security prison. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I remember the girl, the lady was giving me my state greens and my boots and stuff like that. And I said, she said, here's your number. And I said, well, what do I do with that? She's like, you put it on everything, use it for everything. You don't forget it. You remember this number. I was like, I'm not going to remember this. How am I going to remember this number? And she said, you will never forget this number. 221882. 89G0846. 202497. Oh, there we go. <laughs> she was right. <laughs> yeah, she was right. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah, so I, I ended up you know, staying in Bedford for a while. Then I went all the way upstate to Albion by, by Canada, came back down to Saconic, went, got released on work release, of course, got loaded, came back. Took that away. Yeah, sent me all the way back up to <laughs> Canada and then got released finally. Um, and then uh, February 29th, I got released, actually. It was a February 29th I got released. And when I got released, the thing that happened was, again, all those years I was in prison, I'm like, listen, I'm gonna, I'm doing the right thing this time for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not coming back. back yeah, exactly. hey, hell, you know, I ain't exactly. doing this again. Exactly. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah. But when I came out, I was like, I thought I had, like, that chip on my shoulder, like, I did a nickel, I'm a badass. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, ego. And it's not even uh, true. Because yeah, yeah. the truth is, is I cried many nights in my cell wishing I was home. Mm-hmm. Wishing I missing Christmas, re- missing birthdays, missing people dying, missing weddings, missing life, and I'm just stuck in this hole. I for, miss well, yeah, you know, seven years of my daughter's life and my yeah, wife. Seven oh, years. God, I'm so sorry. When I got out, I mean, she was basically two when I got in, and when I got out, oh. she was nine. Wow. You know, That's and, sad. and you really know, sad. shout out to my wife because she yes. kept she kept our relationship. The reason our relationship is so good. First off, girls love their dads no matter what. You know, I'm a girl dad. dad. I do ponytails and shit. I got a one year old girl too. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm a girl dad. I coach girls soccer. Shout out, bad baby Gigi. (laughs) You know, Um, but if it was, I I truly believe if it wasn't for my wife bringing her down there, having you know get present Amazon came every time. I think she thought that I was Amazon for a very long time. You know, and it's, it's when you do time like that, when you have to try to figure out what grade she'll be in when you get out, that's yeah. a, that's a long stretch. That's a long you know, time. I, I, I cried many nights in my cell too, many nights just thinking about, you know, 
Well, in the first prison sense, I did. I had the same plan. I did a couple push-ups. You know yeah. what I mean? Felt good. Yeah. Wasn't going to repeat the same behaviors and caught an eight-year prison sense. So you have this great plan of doing the right thing and getting a job and getting yeah. to a nice relationship, yeah. the white mm-hmm. picket fence, mm-hmm. and everything's going to be so good. Sure. And then you get released and what happens from there? Well, I go see my parole officer, of course. Mm, Got to check in with the PO. Right. And Mm -hmm. then within the first six hours between seeing the parole officer, traveling on the bus and the train, I'm sucking my shoelaces on the same corner. I got arrested on a couple of years prior before I went to prison and I'm loaded again and I'm high again. And there's a part in the big book that says I'm high and I'm thinking to myself why I'm loaded. How did this happen again? I'm like banging on the bar going, how did this happen again? Why am I here again? Am I, am I crazy? Am I crazy? Yes. Yes, I am insane. Yeah, how many times did that happen to you, Ron? You know, and, and as quick as that thought comes in, am I crazy? It goes out. Because I got to hit another one. You got to get high. Just keep going. I, I just got to get high. Because, because, high. <clears throat> because the monster is in charge. Yeah, you talked about that forgetter, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. you know, I got to get high. Don't think, don't feel. You know what Jay says all the right. time. I feel don't nothing. think, don't feel, don't care. When I use yeah. that brief moment of nothing, I sacrifice every time just to get that brief yes. moment because the noise, the distortion is so loud. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah the, the pain. Built-in forgetter. Built-in. At times you can't bring it, bring the, the, your consciousness, the force. There's of sufficient the, force and memory of yeah. suffering and humiliation. Yeah. We, we, can't, we forget the we dope sickness. We forget the prison Absolutely. senses. We forget the black eyes. How do we, we forget, forget how good it feels to be a parent, a dad again. Yes. I forget how good it feels yes. when I'm sober. I forget all that. I forget the showers at Alhambra. Yes. Right? Yeah. I forget the whole time. I forget all that shit. And I think that I can go back one night to 1997 when it was fun. I think I can just do it one time because I'll stop before I get dope sick this time. But the facts are is that I've collected evidence for 20 years that shows me that I never stop before I get dope sick. I never stop before I have to see my PO. Never, never, never do it. But this time's going to be different. It's going to be different. And that's why it centers in my mind. Right. And so six hours later, you're loaded again. Right. And then. It begins progressive, so you you're now you're you know six years in farther into your addiction, yes. right? And yes. So what happens from there? Well, you know, we 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 don't at this point. I don't know anything about the the thing that makes me a drug addict or an alcoholic, as the big book calls me, right? And and that is the phenomenon of craving. You talked about the craving earlier. It's a physical allergy that happens only to the real alcoholic or the real drug addict, right? It happens. It says in the big book, it never happens in the average temper drinker. Never. Mm-hmm. So if it if it's happened to you, and there's a chance you're considering you might be one of us, and you it's happened might to you, or you you put it in your body, you don't know how much you're going to use, when you're going to stop, you lost control, you're probably one of us. So welcome. Yeah. There's a, there's a solution. Though. That's there, cool. That's there cool. is pretty. Um, <laughs> there is. But yeah, so so like the phenomenon craving took over. I thought you know doing a little bit of dope. I just sniffed it. For God's sake, so I don't have a problem with sniffing. I have a problem with uh, you know putting a needle in my arm. So I stayed away from that for a couple of months. And, and of course, you know, the monster just, the monster just, I'm become militant for my disease. It just tells me what yeah, to do. Yeah. I get up and I, and I just, I'm a soldier. I just do what it tells me to do until it finally tells me, just put the needle in your arm and stop wasting time. Right. Yeah. You're wasting time and money and good, get high time, go do it. And then, yeah. then, then it's, I spiral again. It's crazy, right? Like when you, when I sponsor guys and they're like, I just have a really hard time being powerless. I'm like, 
dude, you've been bowing down to heroin for the yes. last 20 years, player. Right. Yes. <laughs> you have the ability to to, to yes. admit it because oh, yeah. you did it every single oh, day, yeah. bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's, yeah, calm yes. down. Let's think about this, really. You <laughs> know what so I mean? True. <laughs> the, the stuff we come in here telling ourselves that makes us make us different is, is a insan- insanity. It's the yeah. true insanity, you know? If you've been through what I've been through, you would use to. You would use to, right? Yeah. Exactly. Right? That was the big narrative I would tell myself. Yes. Yeah. What's the sense? I don't matter. It doesn't matter. You don't matter. I don't right. matter. Right. I'm miserable. And if I'm going to be miserable, I'm going to be miserable the way I want to be miserable. Right. Yeah. Right. In my right. And, right. you know, but it always ends up happening. You know, when guys come back to prison, you're like, what happened? You're like, I went back to what I know. Well, you better learn something fucking different, but <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> yes. that ain't working. But right. that's what happens to you, right? You go back to what you know, the prostitution, the running the streets, you're hustling, yeah. you're doing the same things again. But this time, when someone pulls the car over, you meet a guy, right? And what happens? I meet a guy, and he decides he's going to help me. <laughs> so he, I am going to yeah, save you. Yeah, he was this, that Captain Savo. Sorry, right. sorry, I shouldn't have said that because he was turned out to be an amazing man. Shout and out he, to him. And shout out to him, exactly. He, he happened to be HIV positive, too. Um, okay. He's actually one of the, he was diagnosed with HIV positive. Being Did he HIV tell you that right away? No, but but what had there's a whole story, but I don't know if we have enough time okay. for it. But another he, time, he, another show. Another time, yeah, another, another, time, another show. Yeah, okay. he eventually told me that in in a time of panic, listen, man, this is serious. What you got going on here, your this disease you got going on here, because I was like, you know, thinking I could just have a little bit more before we go get into detox. And mm-hmm. he's like, you're you're dealing with life and death here. He's like, I'm HIV positive as a result of this, and I thought. Oh great! Now yeah, I got this. Now I'm all on the other side. Of, uh, where where are we right now? And he's taking me to detox on the other side of Jersey. I'm like, oh my god! I got to get back to the Bronx. I got this guy. Oh, so anyway, so that's how I found out. Um, he put me into detox. I went into rehab after that. He came to see me. He supported me through the whole thing, and I ended up falling in love with him. And uh, <clears throat> ten years Boston. later, yeah, right, <laughs> ten years later, I was I ended up being clean. My sober date was. Uh, March 9th, 1993. Shout out to Biggie Smalls. Biggie and Smalls. Who's in Biggie on that day? That's and, your uh, guy. That's my guy, dude. That's my guy, too. Wait yeah, when I was, you know, I was a kid from the upper middle class neighborhood <laughs> r- rolling Biggie. around bumping Biggie with a gun because I'm hood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so hood. Yeah. I just want to say something real quick because yes. I, I. Oh, yes. Yeah. Where we come from, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't talk about this, especially if you're not from that area. But HIV and crack mm-hmm. and that whole epidemic yes. was going on at once. Yes, it was. <clears throat> and it was it was affecting everybody. Oh man. I have sat next to judges, cops, everybody. doctors, lawyers. I got high with all of them on crack. Right. And HIV was annihilating New York City. HIV and crack went hand in hand and Absolutely. it was the strangest thing because obviously when you do crack you're you're engaging in unsafe sexual right. behaviors. We didn't know what was happening. No. Were, all of our friends were just dropping all over the place from the flu. We were like, what's going on here? You know? And, you know, and, and then it was <clears throat> it was just the gay people got it. Uh, yeah, you know but, what I mean? Well, and the junkies. And the yeah. junkies. We saw it in our community. For sure. For sure. For sure. sure. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. now we got 10 years, right? And you become a, like a soccer mom driving a minivan. Oh, yeah, I and just two sons. Raise hey, two beautiful. kids. Beautiful. Life is good. Everything's mm-hmm. going great for you. I'm this clean. is clean. The right thing, yeah. You know, you, you did, you know, the NA and a step working guide and you got busy in that. I helped, and, helped write it, actually. Yeah. Step working guide for NA. Oh, I was you, part of that, yes. 
That's awesome. Yes, very cool. Okay, very shout cool. out yes. to NA. NA, absolutely. I don't say that very often, but I will <laughs> say it today. <laughs> and I know. The thing is, like I said, that the recovery in the fellowships on the coast, west coast, east coast, is very different than the middle of the country. So, like, NA is, is a very amazing program yeah no doubt and and it saves saving a lot of lives but here it's so it's really convoluted the way things are so it's just a little bit different here in in arizona Mm -hmm. as far as thank god for resentments or there'd be no na resentments pure exactly 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 you said it there's a lot of meetings that started over resentments you Mm. know what i mean a lot of people got involved in service all you need is a resentment (laughs) in a coffee pot that's right that's it they (laughs) were in (laughs) And so 10 years yeah. at, and, you know, so you're, you got, you know, 16 years of recovery and 93, if you do the math, that's not 16 years. So at some point of <laughs> the it. end of this 10 years, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you relapsed, right? I so relapsed. what led to that? So when I have a really bad back and um, so I, every once in a while, my back would go out really bad and I go to the emergency room as a result of it. And I would tell the doctors, listen, I'm a recovered drug addict. Don't give me any yeah. um, narcotics. And give them the would, disclaimer. Yeah, the disclaimer, <laughs> right. And uh, when it was happening was that I, I was becoming so miserable in my life and I was just not happy in my relationship. I was not, I was just not happy. So I started to act out. I was like, I cheated on, on my, on my man I was with. I started stealing stupid little things, like just mm-hmm. doing really yeah, like. Be, the defects start coming back. Coming sure. Coming back up to the surface. It's manifesting itself. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, either you're moving up the steps or down the steps. And so I was moving towards the first step again. And, um, yeah, and I ended I like up. That. Yeah, I ended up picking up again. I went to the emergency room one time and I consciously said, I'm not going to tell the doctor I'm, I'm a drug addict. Yeah. And when you look at my back on, a, on an x-ray or something, they're like, well, give her morphine. Yeah. You know? And so they gave me morphine and I love it. More, please. Yes. More, more. More. I'd more, like, more, more. I'd like the pink 60s, please. <laughs> please, thank you very much. <laughs> morphine makes the yes. top of my head hot. Ooh, delighted. Morphine gives <laughs> me the yummies. All yummies. drugs make you hot, bro. So <laughs> trust me, dude. I've been there. <laughs> Many times with the baton and the taser <laughs> in the morning meeting in the office. What? Please don't oh, yeah. baton this guy in our morning meeting. The middle it's supposed of winter, to be oh, okay. I'm in the office okay, in my bachelor's My mind wedding. went really it's in another place. To, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was after hours yeah, in our yeah. office. <laughs> but, but, you uh, know, and so you relapse and here we are again. Yes, you know, yes. we pick up right where we left off. Right, and so now worse. here poof just like that is another six-year period yes. of running the streets yes. and and the same behaviors the same things the same pain misery yes. everything that comes along with that and at some point you make it out to az so why don't you share what led up to that you know phone call to your friend that got you out here at az so my friend Patty, shout out to Patty. Shout out, big shout big, out to big Patty. Big time. Patty yeah. and I met in NA. She had a couple years cleaner, more longer clean than I did. And we promised each other in a moment of like, you know, love for each other and tribal stuff. Hey, mm. if either one of us ever relapse, we'll, the other one will go back into the depths of hell and get the other one out. And this is in a time when I'm clean and I'm never planning on relapsing again. You know, yeah, I'm not you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll get you. Yeah, yeah I got yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she did. <laughs> she you, did bro. that. Yeah. I, I go, I, uh, I'm in the street. I have a street cell phone. Again, the ones we don't know where we got. All of a sudden we have a cell phone for a couple of weeks and, mm-hmm. and then it's gone. And uh, I was in a truck with some dude. I don't even know who he was. Mm. And I get a phone call and it, Patty has a really soft voice. And she's like, Teresa, it's Patty. And I'm like, I was like, God called Click. me. Click. <laughs> like, what? what Why are you calling me? And I had been shooting coke for yes, about a week. God? So I was like, yeah. I can't talk right now. I got to go. So I hung up the phone and she really, really blew my head. So I went to sleep finally. And after a week of, like I said, shooting cocaine and, um, 
And when I woke up a couple of days later, I, I was like, man, I, you know, she said to me in the phone call, she said, listen, I have a plane ticket. It's at your mom's house. Come to Phoenix. Let's try and get sober. Let's try and get clean again. I was like, uh, I gotta okay. go. I'll think about this. Yeah, that was back I, in the day when you could mail tickets. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so I, I, I come out of sleeping after, you know, coming out of my stupor and I come up sleeping. I'm like, and I realize what the condition that I'm in. I'm like, why not? Let's go to Phoenix. <laughs> I'll go. That was my name. I, I was like, I'll go. I'll do it whenever I'm no, down. I'm down. I'll do it. So I called my mom and my mom said, uh, come up here. And I started, I was on heroin and meth. And I was doing heroin and methadone. I was, I was in a methadone clinic. So I was like, mm. I had to detox off the of methadone and the heroin that I was doing on top of it. And I'm flying out here to Arizona. And, um, you know, all I could think of, I grew up in, in the concrete jungle. So I'm like, there's palm trees out there. This is going to be paradise. This yeah. is a permanent oh, yeah. vacation. And then I saw palm trees on Van Buren, but anyway. Oh, uh, you're speaking my language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> shout out to Van Buren. Oh yeah, Twentieth Street in Van Buren. White boy oh, running around. Mingo, baby. Yeah, shout out Jimmy Jacks. Jimmy Jacks. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know. Fifth Avenue oh, in Van boy. Buren. We're in trouble. Yeah, that's we're gonna we're out there doing the most right we're now. Old, yeah, old school, Poor man. Babies. That's old school. You know, but you get here and you end up in Mesa. I ended up in Mesa, yeah. So I try, so she she tried she brought me to her house and I went to a couple of meetings and I, I saw the difference in the way Covery was running in it. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's yeah, not gonna you work. Look for, for all me. the differences instead of similarities. Yeah, exactly. Plus I already know all this stuff. So yeah, I'm just gonna I wrote I'm gonna the find the guy. Book. They don't say why are we here. They're not saying why <laughs> not, are we well, here. Well they're just not doing what you know. Doing? I already yeah. know how to do this part. You know what? Anyway, so I look for a guy and I met a guy. I met a guy and of course, you know, he was the one. And so New Higher Power. New Higher Power and he was loaded he was getting loaded very quickly after mm. i met him and i'm like yeah but he was from new york so we had a lot in common so uh i said well you know where are you what are you doing i would call him on the phone he'd be like well you don't want to have nothing to do with me i'm i'm in a mess right now don't come near me i'm thinking yes i do yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so where are you and yeah, i found him you? and we just started running muck and mesa and i became a honing device for the police i got arrested that over and over and over and over again and we're talking in a year and a half period yes. 16 arrests yes and then you know that you get here and they're putting you in pink boxers and pink socks yes. and you know yes. you know they got the tents in the summer Ooh, and you're thinking no what joke. the hell well, well where would you rather be rikers island or the rikers tents? island without question well if joe arpaio was the president of the, the sheriff i would rather be on rikers island i don't know what this sheriff is like now but joe arpaio was no joke <laughs> no <laughs> no joke well, yeah i've got two years in the county yeah i've done and that's hardcore. that's two Horrible. different times other than a couple little ones a couple days two solid years each time fighting each case on each prison sentence i spent uh. You know, a year thinking that I was going to get a better plea, never did. <laughs> just hold out, just yeah, hold out. Just more peanut butter. Yeah. Oh just my god. Butter. I have, dude. I haven't ate peanut butter since I got out. No, I hate or pancakes. Butter. I hate peanut butter. I don't eat them. I don't pancakes. do it. I, I can't do either. Or this prison. I was in prison. Oh, okay. Um, and so now we're getting arrested all the time. And in Arizona, at some point, it's prison, right? Yeah. So here you are. You're standing in front of a judge. The judge is getting ready to sentence you to prison time. They're sick of seeing you over and over yeah. again. And what happens at that moment? Well, I have this conversation with my probation officer, and I'm like, listen, just just give me a shot at one of these halfway houses. Like, I'm like I know how to do time. I don't know how to do this thing. Let me try this recovery thing again, right? She didn't know about the first time I tried. And uh, and she let me go to the, a halfway house called Sunlight of the Spirit. Sunlight of the Spirit. Shout out to Shout them. Shout out to Sunlight, big time. Saving a lot of lives. And uh, so I went, I went to Sunlight, and I uh, was introduced to the big book, 
uh, at Sunlight, and I was introduced to the 12 Steps, and I was introduced to a concept called God, which freaked me out, because I thought, like, God was, like, this dude, like, on a, on a throne somewhere up in the sky, you know, with cherubs floating around him and oh. stuff like that, long hair, and, like, I was thinking, that is going to keep an eel out of my arm? You got to be kidding right. me, mm-hmm. right. you know? But it flows so, through us, right? Like in oh you know, yeah, so, oh it's all over. Yeah, and it's it says everything. deep down in every man, woman, and child. In every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God, but it gets obscured by pomp, by worship of other things, yes. but some form or another is there. Yes. Deep down within us, it's it's a power that flows through us, That's right? right? It's that 50-50 relationship. My 50 is the action steps. God's 50 is the outcomes in my life. Yes. Through awareness, I experience God, and then I know that this power is real and it's working Ooh, in my life. Down. And Ooh. so and mm-hmm. so now that's your sobriety date. May 21st, 2007. Evan. Shout out to you. Thank you. Thank yes. you. And Thank so you. now here what we go where we straight Thank up. And now we go here we are where we embark on this journey of recovery. Mm, and beautiful. so take a moment to talk about, you know, what it was like, uh, sponsorship, service work, um, you know, your sponsor, your experience working through the steps. Why don't you take, you know, a moment to kind of okay. talk about what it was like. Okay. So I was really uncomfortable, like I said, with God. <clears throat> and then I met a sponsor. Believe it or not, it was a guy. Uh, his name is Mike Talley. He's no longer with us. Um, and he OD'd from this disease. But he was a, an extremely intricate, powerful man in recovery who saved thousands and thousands of lives. He was articulate. He knew this big book. He knew how to... So the big book and is And that's the, abnormal, program, right? right? A guy sponsor. Usually that doesn't that happen. That doesn't normally happen, and I don't recommend mm-hmm. it. But I was so desperate to, for, for what he was... I, he was well, good. He knew I what wa- to do. I walked yeah, into had... a meeting, and it would happen to be an all-men's lineage meeting. And I, wa- I needed a meeting, and they didn't kick me out. So I was watching, with, mm. I was listening to what they were doing in there, and I'm thinking, wow, man, this is unbelievable how they're talking about this book. And they were bringing the book to life for me. Mm. And so... As we, as we know, the program is the big book and the 12 steps Correct. that are outlined in the book. That's the program. the program. And so when we talk about being in the program, my program, I'm working the program, we're talking about that. And I wanted that. <laughs> I wanted to have my own experience with the program. And he said, listen, I said, listen, please take me through the steps. Not, you don't have to sponsor me, just please take me through the steps. Because he was so I get that. profound, yeah. right? And he, he said, let me talk to my wife, which I respected. I said, absolutely. And he talked to his wife, and she said, okay. And he took me through the steps. And uh, it was literally a movement in, in this fellowship, in the fellowship because I was the first female sponsee ever had. And he had like a, a, a huge, huge yeah, lineage yeah. underneath him that had a big problem with me, by the way. A lot of the guys didn't like that I was, I was pushing my way in. Yeah. Uh, and then when he took me through the steps, he... He, um, he taught me how to understand the first step on a cellular cellular level, which means I understood with every fiber of my being that I was fucked and it was not when I was going to get high. It's not if I was going to get high, it was when I was going to get high. It was inevitable that powerlessness means that I have no choice over whether or not I'm going to get high again. I will get high again. If I look at my life, it's a series of trying to stop, not being able to stay stopped. I always get high. Right. I always get high. And with that understanding came the desperation of a drowning man. Mm. Yes. Then we get into the second step and he was like, hey, well, I was like, listen, the God thing, I'm having a hard time with that. Can't do it. Right. (laughs) And he read the story for me on page 56, 57 Uh about the guy in the hospital. We agnostics, the the very end. Yes. That story brought the book, brought Mm -hmm. the second step, brought God from being in a little box. Because I said, okay, if I have to believe in God, I'm going to be a pagan. That's it. I'm not doing any organized prayers. I'm not getting on my knees. I'm equal to the gods and the goddesses. Listen, I took a beautiful religion, right? A beautiful uh, Norse mythology, and I twisted it up into my twisted idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean I'm going to make it like this. So I put God in a box, and after reading that story on page 56 and 57, mm-hmm. 
I became, I, the, the box opened up and I was ensconced with understanding that God was everything. I wow. understood it. I, I, could, I could breathe in that every aspect of everything and all is God. Everything. The garbage in front of me, the, the bag of dope from 10 years ago, the, the relapses, the, the overdoses, the people dying, babies dying of AIDS. I got it. I saw it. I understood that God was everything and that my stupid little finite mind is not going to figure out the infinite. Mm. And so either it is or he isn't. What's my choice to be? And it became is. And so it gave me the ability to go through the rest of the steps and, um, and really, and really, you know, I, by the time I got, I was taught from this man that if you have a problem with any step you're on, cause a lot of people have a problem with the four step, fifth step, telling their deep dark secrets. The step you have a problem with is the first step. Because if you understand yeah. again that you're going to die from this for real, that I you like believe that. it, I like that little nugget right yeah. there. I like yeah. that one. You're going to stand. You're going to scream on a roof. Your deep dark secrets. You're not going to give. It, you're not going to yeah, care. Yeah, hell no. Care. And that was my experience. I was exactly. in a prison yard. I'll do whatever it takes. And I'm telling you right now, you know, um, when you you know heroin addict, dude, it's by any means necessary. Absolutely. You know, so, but I was at the point where dude, I didn't care. I just mm -hmm. wanted whatever I needed to do. Yes. I was willing to do it sure. it didn't matter yes. i didn't care what anybody else thought yes. i carried the book with me all over that prison yes. yard set a boundary i did not care and i, I just love how you said that um and you connect it all in and so um the fourth and the fifth step what was that like for you well you know again i i, I here's the thing here's a little story i tell people whenever i whenever i speak I, I have people engage with me i'm like okay how many of you guys have trust issues and half the room will raise their hand i got trust issues right i want to do my fourth and fifth step what i have found in the years that i have sponsored and the steps that i have done myself is that we are lazy mm -hmm. and step four is when we put pen to paper and we actually have to start doing something right and so it's a it's a, it's a job to do a four step it's a, you got to think you got to take time you got to put effort into it you know what i mean so we're lazy that's what it all comes down to it's, it has nothing to do with trust listen i used to shoot piss water i don't have trust <laughs> yeah. issues yeah. I, don't have trust. I, I would take a, a bag of dope whatever you gave me you told me it was dope i put it in my mouth i put it in my arm i didn't care i didn't have trust issues you know what i mean so to say i have trust issues is not true i don't believe it's going to work it's, right. it's going to work. I'm it's afraid. So, it's so true. You said about being lazy because <clears throat> I have five sponsees right now that are all and in, in the fourth step, and they've all started at different times, and they're all on still the in the same spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're yeah. on the same you know, spot. But uh, let me ask you a question: Is is when you got to the fifth step? You know, we talked about being lazy and not being able to, you know, put pen to paper, and and that's really the root of it. So what was your experience when you got to the fifth step? I, I was I was ready. I was excited. <clears throat> I wasn't I wasn't scared to say anything. I wanted to give I wanted to give a hundred percent. I wanted to go to any lengths. Because they talk we talk about like if we put just a small amount of time of and effort into recovery that we put into getting loaded, it's gonna work. Right. right. My, it's, the amount of work I did to get loaded was, was insurmountable. <laughs> and what I have to do to stay sober is not even close to that. So with the fifth, by the time I got to the fifth step, I was like, yeah, what do you want to know? I, I got the, here, here, yeah, here's yeah, all yeah. of it. Here's all of it on every level. Um, big swelling, big chunks of truth about myself and being willing to share it with myself, guide another person without fear. Yeah. And, and, and that, and that was my same experience too, you know, and anytime anyone ever, you know, relapses, I always take them back to that part in the book, you know, um, you know, having persevered the rest of the steps, they wonder why they fell. They never completed their house cleaning. They took yes. inventory, but hung on to some of the worst yes. items in stock because it's that one thing that I don't want to share that I leave off. And that one thing has the most guilt, shame, embarrassment, remorse, and regret yes. attached to that event, that circumstance. And when I think about it, cause I will, cause it's there and 
I know it's there, I start to feel real poorly about myself. And then the solution becomes drugs and alcohol. Don't think, don't feel, don't care. That's why it's so very important. And so when you get to the fifth step, and now here we are where we talk about the sixth, and it's one paragraph and a prayer comes next, and so many people just breeze right through it like it's nothing. But there's so much in that one paragraph about those character defects. Yes. I I got to say this. That's my favorite my favorite part of sponsoring guys when I get to six and seven. Yes. That's my favorite part. Let's form your identity. I, that's that's yes. it. That's yes. for me. I just I just totally. I've had so many experiences, and I've got to see people have experiences when you yeah. do it the way it's mapped out. You know. Yeah. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. I mean, let's look at them defects. Let's turn them into assets. Absolutely. Let's be a better you. That's right. That's how you grow, right? Yes. And continue to become the best version of yourself. Finest specimen of manhood as one could ever wish to meet. I think that's God, but I'm far greater than yes. I've ever been. And that is the the launching point for me. It's like four and five is done. We're going to put that in the past. I'm willing to work on these defects, turn them into assets. And then let's get the prayer in there because let's have some humility. Yes. Because just it's because small. I did four and five doesn't mean nothing. And I got a lot of work to do now. Right. I'm gonna humble myself, and now I'm gonna go make these amends to the to the people that I owe them to. What was your experience with the amends? Just, I just want to touch on six and seven really quick. The beautiful yeah. thing for me, the way I see the steps, is like one, two, and three. God is like, okay, just you know, just gotta get some awarenesses here, get some acceptance here, right? Then four and five, we do some heavy work. It's uncomfortable. It's it's confusing. It's scary. It's overwhelming. And then God comes back in in six and seven. It's like, I got this. Just give it to me. Mm-hmm. I got, I got yeah. you. Just keep, mm-hmm. keep yeah, doing the work. Going. Keep work, right? Yeah. And we get to eight, and we just organize. We put together in the four step. We're just organizing. The four-step information into the eight-step mm-hmm. directions. And then for the immense Dur- part hey, for me, She said directions. God, dude. They're not suggestions. No, they're goddamn they're directions. Dur- directions. 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 Uh, clear dude. cut. Absolutely. Not suggesting anything. Yeah, it's not suggesting anything. It's directions. That's Tell right. If yeah. I want what they have, I got to do what do they, they did. Do. I can do that. It's yeah. a program right. of suggestions. Yeah. What's a suggestion, bro? Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. 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 Suggest you do it. Take the directions. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so so I can tell you a story about an, a nine sub amends, right? Um, I I had I had stolen a bunch of stuff from a from a Kmart out in Mesa, and okay. uh, and I had a bunch of jewelry. And I remember mm-hmm. I was so scared to go out there because I, I it was so much that I knew they must have had me on record. I knew they probably had my name my picture up in the in the in, you know the security office, whatever. So I drive over there in my car and I tell my sponsor, I'm like, listen, I'm going to leave the the keys to my car in the wheel well of the car. I'm going to go in here. If I don't call you within an hour, please come get my car and please bail me out of jail. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So I go in there and uh, I'm like, listen, hey, I'm recovered. I'm a recovered drug addict. I don't, you know, I say, listen, I would like to talk to the manager and I just want to tell you my situation. I'm a recovered drug addict. I don't believe that I'm going to stay sober if I don't right the wrongs of my past and I, and I wronged this place. I, I ripped you guys off. I stole a lot of money from you. You didn't deserve that. I was wrong for doing it. Um, I'm sorry. I want to know what I can do to make it right and who I have to talk to to amend that. And uh, she she was she was taken aback, of course. And she said, "Well, uh, I I don't know. Um, let's call Ron. We'll say we'll name his name was Ron, right? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ron was a security guy that had been there for like 15 years. Okay, so she's like, if anyone knows what to do, it's Ron. I'm thinking security cops. Oh, oh, asset protection. This Ron. is bad. You know what I mean, right? So they call Ron on the walkie-talkie. No answer. They call Ron on the uh, cell phone, no answer. 
Nicole Ron, you know, through 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 the overhead thing, no answer. Like so we don't even know where Ron. Where, where is Ron? Yeah, where is the security he? guy? Uh, why is he's chasing someone I, in the yeah, parking lot? Yeah, I'm thinking, why is he not coming? And then you know, God said to me in my head, "Listen, Jack, you're gonna. This one is a pass." And she said to me, "Listen." And I sat waiting for this guy, Ron. I'm telling you, I was sweating. I was so nervous. Hell I was so yeah. scared. But the book says we must be willing. willing. We must not drink at anything. That's right. And so I, I sat there and I said, I'm going to take my legs, whatever it looks like. And uh, Ron never came. And she came out and she said, listen, I, I don't know what to, to tell you to do except, you know, just keep doing what you're doing and do the right thing. And I'm proud of you. And, I was th- and I'm just like, tears are welling out my eyes. I'm like, you're yeah. proud. Thank that's, you. That's you right Thank yeah. you. Know? Yeah, yeah. And it would have, but it would have been God if I had to go to prison too. Because well, I, had, I have yeah. a purpose being sober. I get that. And I understood yeah. that at the time. Um, but I'm glad it didn't turn out that way. So that's mm-hmm. one of them. Of course, beautiful amends with my family and um, being able to give the people that I annihilated their lives the opportunity to find, to have to have a, a venue to tell me how I hurt them and have an opportunity to heal for me to just shut up, be small, and allow people that I have hurt to heal. It's not about yeah. me feeling better. It's about other people you ask better. him, is there any other ways that I've harmed you that I'm unaware of? Absolutely. And you get to hear, you know, those God, ways. I hate that part. Yeah, my mom you. said, yeah, you know, yeah. There, you know, there are some ways hearing your daughter cry for you at night, you know, that, yeah. that was hurtful God. to me, you know, and you got to listen to that, and you got to own it, and you got to correct yes. it and amend it. That's what it is to fix. And then, <laughs> of course, you know, the maintenance steps and everything in your life, and, you know, so now here we are, 16-year period of yes. experiencing the promises, materializing over and over in your life. And you got married. Shout out, Greg. Shout out to Greg. Hi, Greg. Take one quick moment with the 20, 30 seconds. Tell me about Greg. Greg is awesome. Greg is an industrious, hard worker. He is <clears throat> he's the one man that has had my back through everything and all things. Uh, he lets me be the free spirit that I am. He loves me. He's loved me through everything. I've never had a man in my life that has had my back like he does. I've never felt so strong in a relationship than I have with him. He, uh, you know, he's the type of guy that just blindly has faith in, in us and in me. I mean, he works his ass off six days a week from four in the morning till sometimes seven o'clock at night uh, working in the heat in the summertime. He puts, he puts gas in the ground and he just hands over his paycheck to me. And I take care of all the bills. He doesn't ask no questions. He, he, you know, he asked me if he can buy some chew or something like that. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He just has total faith that I'm doing the right thing. And I am of course, but I mean, just to have somebody to have trust in me like that. It's just a, it's a really good thing. I mean, he's a guy, so he could be one of those, you know, one of those, Schmucks yeah, every but, once in a while, but uh, in general, he's but amazing. We get to have beautiful relationships. Yes. We deserve to have yes. beautiful relationships that in our lives. People trust you, and they, right. they, they, yeah, they have faith in you, and they build you up, and don't, don't bring you down. So he's a, he's a he's a beautiful. Well, big asset. shout, big shout out to Greg, right, like Greg. Greg. And yes. so yeah, over this next sixteen year period, a bunch of amazing things have happened in your mm-hmm. life. But the reason why those amazing things happened in your life, because over the last sixteen years, you've continued to sponsor women, yes. sponsor and service commitments. So I'm talking sixteen years later, like Ron said in the beginning, still at all the events, yes. sponsoring women. If if it's if it's going down, you're there because we have to stay in the herd, <laughs> in the herd in that the is the, the whole That's point right. we need each other, each other. it's a team sport and your yes. life is just you know a reflection of what happens when you keep those non-negotiables in your life the non-negotiables of, of recovery and you started a business right reikihands.org Reiki everybody hands. it's energy healing if you want to go to the website um, R-E-I-K-I hands.org check it out 
It's energy healing. I want to get her into our facilities. I want to have her have the yes. ability for her dream to, to come to fruition yeah, like it has. You. We have these goals, these aspirations, these dreams, and recovery gives us the ability to achieve them because goals you don't achieve are just good ideas. That's yeah. it. And I, I had plenty Sponge. of good ideas, but today all three of us get to achieve goals. And so why don't you just quickly tell us, you know, you know what, what you do with that. Well, I just want to backtrack for one second. Can I do yeah. that? Do I have to do that? Okay, real quick. Step 10. I just want to talk about step 10 really quick. I know I'm all over the place, but step 10, I just want to clarify that step 10 we do throughout the day. Uh, oh my People God. People get really confused about you step 10. You don't go 10, okay? home at night <laughs> no. and write, I'm going to go home tonight and do a step 10. It uh, says, when these man, crop up at, at once, once, we go to I God. I know, I hear that all the we time. We go to a friend or sponsor, you we speak talk my about language. it. She gets watered you know, down. She speaks my language. Don't, yeah, and you know what? The 10th step is the least worked step because if we work to 10 step as often as we should consistently throughout the day then the need to go back and do four steps every few years would be no we wouldn't have to do it we would not have to keep doing it over and over again because we would nip it in the butt in step 10 she hit all my major points that she did. I upset she about did, you. She hit, you hit every <laughs> single one of them so he's gonna go um, home tonight yeah. and, and he's gonna replay this whole episode yeah. to ashley before she even watches yeah it. The, all him. the major points yeah. were there tonight Had to say um it, you know but, but you. please everybody you know inquire about reiki hands yeah. it's energy yeah. healing it's uh, you know we, we talked a little bit about it before we started you know recording the show and it's and like I said, it's just, it's something that I think, because we want to, at any facility we're at, or even in our own recovery, we want the full continuum. Right. We want the full mind, body, and soul, See right? Where other people are right. F- f- exactly. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Yeah, and the way you do that is by introducing those things that give you the ability to experience those areas. It's my job every day to engage those four areas of my life. And that's right. how I continue to go to grow. So ReikiHands.org. You know, this has been just an amazing episode amazing. to have you on Thank here you to, so much. to nice. for you know to be vulnerable to talk about the things that you have to share your experience of what it's like. You know, we've had a lot of people on the show, but 16 years is 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 super you know powerful to me right um and you're a, you're a miracle and thank so you. thank you for being on the show today and sharing everything ron where can they find us at find us on facebook tiktok ronnie no matter what oh. powerless the powerful on youtube instagram we're we're all over yeah. the place right spotify, now spotify right? itunes, spotify, iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> i mean you can find us anywhere ronnie no matter what look it up right. powerless to powerful i mean the hat player I mean, you got the hat, brother. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I see it, brother. I mean, we're going big time, aren't we? So for everybody out there, all of our listeners, continue to subscribe. We're super grateful. Continue to send the messages. If you want to be on the show, you know, DM us. We'll get you on. Just continue to support the cause, man. And if you know someone out there desperately in need, struggling with addiction, reach out to us and we will help you. That is the whole point of this is to help people. So continue to watch the show and we love you. Thank you. Namaste.